Welcome to HomeWise. We are Steve and Kara Murphy. We have been married for just over a quarter century. We're the parents of 11 and grandparents of four. I am a pastor full-time and part-time run a construction business with our older sons. My wife Kara is a uh, very long-term homeschool mom. Been doing that for almost a quarter century. And we live in the mountains of Virginia. And our desire with this podcast is to help parents, primarily moms, apply wisdom in everything having to do with the home. Today on the HomeWise Podcast, we want to talk about where grandparents fit in the parenting process or how grandparents can fit in the parenting process. Right now, we're right in the middle of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we definitely are. We have yeah. a six-month-old, almost, and we have four grandchildren. Yeah. So we have nine children at home, and... Our children's grandparents live right next door. Right, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. In our case. Yes. <laughs> okay, maybe we should preface the whole thing by saying, um, some grandparents are not a blessing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> They're not the blessing that the Lord would have them to be. Yeah, and you don't want them living next door. No. And you <laughs> need to work not to feel discontent Yeah, with the people God has put into your life. Mm-hmm. You need to be grateful for everything that they are, and they do. Mm-hmm. You need to express that to your children, and you need to express it to yourself on a regular basis. Yeah, and when you're counting their faults, just look in the mirror and remember your own. Right. So they're not perfect grandparents, and we are not perfect parents. And sometimes grandparents are a cautionary tale of who you don't want to be and what you don't want to become. And so rather than just getting irritated and realize that you have all of those tendencies within you and you are going to need to be sanctified if you're not going to become that. So I'm sure this question grew out of uh, grandparents being in a home where their children have children. And so the grandparents are visiting or they're in town or, or maybe like our case, grandparents live close by even the same property. Um, and there's that potential for challenge or tension or conflict. Um, so how grandparents fit into the parenting situation is a great question. And it's a delicate question. I knew that as a parent, I know it even more as a grandparent. I would start by taking us back to scripture and that great, quote, homeschool passage that we all claim, I don't know, that we are to um, raise up our children, the, you know, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. But in that passage, Moses, through the Lord, says that you're with your children and your children's children, mm-hmm. that you're to teach them diligently to not just your first generation, but your yeah. forthcoming generations. Repeated, I believe, either in the Proverbs or Psalms. Which I'm not trying to take away the fun part of being a grandparent, mm-hmm. but there's definite yeah. responsibility to, te- to, to teach our grandchildren in the Lord, which is why the very first and most important thing for grandparents is not to undermine the authority of the parents, <laughs> because that is polar opposite. To what God has given us as a calling as grandparents. 
And, um, and I know that that's, uh, we've been very blessed. Both your parents when they were living and my parents have always reinforced and not contradicted what we're teaching our kids, even when they didn't agree, which was frequently. Yeah, absolutely. And if they did have a disagreement, they spoke to us without the children. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't uh, confusion. They weren't breeding a level of discontentment in the children. They weren't, if you will, stirring up trouble in the ranks. (laughs) Um, And sometimes we had really good answers, and sometimes we had really stupid answers, and we had to go back later. (laughs) And repent and, and go again. Yeah. The next big role that I see for parent grandparents is that of prayer. I did not realize... My, my prayer life has exponentially expounded since my oldest children have gotten married and since I've been a grandmother. Somewhat because I don't have 24-7 input. And I don't have a vote. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and even more than that, because I'm very happy with, with where our, our children and their wives and what they're doing mm-hmm. with their kids. But I just realize as I watch my sons and daughters-in-law, I realize they're going through the same struggles I went through. Mm-hmm. And I see my own frailties in them. And, and I would say in both cases of the two married couples, they're already doing so much better than I did. But I would still say, I do know what it's like. I know what it's like to have the two little ones, as they both do, under a year and a half. You know, now they're going to have two two and under. But I do know what it's like to be completely exhausted. I do know what it's like that, um, you know, when you're nursing that tiny baby and you're disciplining that toddler who's getting away from you. And even there are times when there are just things that no one else can do to help you because it needs to be mom. And, and that weighs on you and you always feel like you're behind and all of that. And mm-hmm. so I mean, thinking particularly of the girls because that's where I lived. So I've recognized how important prayer is for me to uphold them in prayer and to pray diligently and to pray consistently and to pray specifically for where they are. And to keep them mindful in prayer all the time. And to know that ultimately, I don't always have the answers, but I know the person who has the answers. And also, God doesn't always want things to go easily for them. He wants to build character in them. And that's hard in some ways to watch because nobody wants to see the people they love hurt. But to recognize that all of that has a purpose. And then, of course, to pray about that and, yeah. and encourage them even when they don't know that you're doing it. Yeah. I can think of an example of a time that, uh, and maybe that maybe I'm jumping ahead here. Mm. Um, it is hard to figure it out. I think it's very important to go into, uh, into this really thinking clearly about it mm-hmm. up front, knowing that when your children have children, um, you don't want to be that grandparent who's, you know, making faces or snide critical comments, uh, or even what you think are constructive critical comments in the moment. <laughs> you don't want to be doing any of that. Right. Um, and our, our sons have both said, and 
and I, I know it's true of their wives as well, you have the freedom to speak into our lives on anything you see. Yeah, I don't think we said that to either <clears throat> one of our parents until we were much, much further down the line. Yeah, so so I know we have that freedom, uh, but still, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to... Uh, you you want it to be very, very seldom that you step in. But I did think of one one way that you can you can the grandparents can be a part of the parenting process if you want to call it the parenting process. And that's um when they just need help. Yes. And you can see that. Yeah. Like uh, one of our daughters in law was nursing the baby. Our son was preoccupied with something else. The toddler was getting into something and so I just said, hey, do you want some help? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm just given the option. Yes. So. Yeah. And sometimes it has to be mom because it has to be discipline mm-hmm. that's, you know, built on a foundation of other discipline. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they, you just need to grab somebody to grab that kid. Yeah. Save the child from what they're about to do <laughs> right. to themselves or someone else. Right. Especially yeah. those toddlers. Boy, I tell you what, we had been six years since Maggie was born with uh-huh. it, you know, and I had forgotten how completely exhausting a toddler is. Well, they just don't stop. They don't. And they, <clears throat> they go in, in circles, getting into things and they get into all kinds of things and their brains just work in ways that you can't even predict. And uh, I had just forgotten. <laughs> I had forgotten. And, and sometimes when I watch them, I get this creepy crawly sensation of, oh my goodness, I'm right back. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. back to feeling like the overwhelmed mom of many yeah. little ones. And ah. so I don't always have a lot of good counsel on that, but certainly I have great compassion yeah. and yeah. sympathy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but. yeah, we, we, uh, we struggle through this. This is, this, uh, we, you know, as grandparents, you learn yeah. just like you did as parents. Sure. And, and we knew that, but you just don't know it until you know it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that my parents have done living next door. Well, let's back up just a little bit. We've talked about many generations. Mm -hmm. On the same property. Right. And I think it's important to understand that we looked down the road 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and said, we want to be able to give our parents a home nearby where we can be close and take care of them when the time comes, Mm -hmm. if need be. Mm -hmm. And so... This is a fruition of a long time plan that we've had and, and sacrifices and work that we've done and, and sacrifices my parents have made and being willing to change, which a lot of older folks are not mm-hmm. being able, I mean, being willing to pick up and move halfway across the eastern part of the country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but now we have this lovely situation where my parents live next door. You know, and so one of the things that they do is they physically help with homeschooling. Okay. We have currently eight children. Well, we have, I don't know how to describe. We have five kids who are actively doing school for many hours a day. Mm-hmm. And then we have a, a baby who needs therapy for some of that. And my parents looked at our life and, and for a while they were doing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they looked at what we're doing and said, you need three people to do what you're trying to do. Kara. So let us help you. 
And so they took on a couple more subjects. <clears throat> and and we had the benefit of your dad being retired. Right. And your mom not also just choosing to be home. Yes. Yes. Which is also a real blessing. Yeah. So they do the heavy one-on-one subjects, the reading, doing their reading together time. And then dad is working on math with some of the kids because they require a lot of individual time. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm not in, in a stage of life where that's an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm able to focus that time that I would have been spending with them on Patrick yeah. and helping him. His therapy. Right. Which normally we wouldn't have a baby that would be doing anything mm-hmm. like that. But because of his challenges, he needs more time than than our typical babies do. Mm-hmm. So that's been a great blessing. A- another thing, my mom has <clears throat> volunteered. She does Patrick's laundry. Uh, because of Patrick's challenges, he has to have special kinds of of uh, washing um, detergent. Detergent, thank mm-hmm. you. And and it's very very hard when you're trying to get the volumes of laundry done that we have at our home. Yeah. And even the kind of laundry, you know, the boys that go out and play on the mountain and run through the fields, it's hard to do delicate loads of baby's laundry. And so I have a little laundry bag under his changing table that I just fill up. And every couple of days I send it over and mom will wash it up for me. And the laundry fairy does yes, her thing and it, it shows up clean. Amazing. Folded. Yes. Yes. It's hard not to be like, Oh, where have you been all my life? <laughs> now a lot of you may be hearing this and saying, wow, they've got it made. And in some sense we do with Kara's parents. Um, they are just the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, they really are. But on the other hand, I don't, you know, you, there's a reason God has given us them right now. And there's a reason that that our life is set up the way it is. And it's been like Kara said, the fruition of a long time of planning and working toward this, at least in our, our, our principles and in our mindset and in our hope, it was all how we hoped it would work out. And we made decisions that got us there, but God has also orchestrated our life right now so that I don't know that we could survive without them (laughs) there. (laughs) Our older kids are already slammed. Yeah. With a lot of responsibilities and... uh, Well, they wouldn't have as much freedom to do what they do. Yeah. Which would hurt them, like for the boys, earning money and saving money. Yeah. And and we also had the situation where I just don't even see under what circumstances we would have been able to do what we needed to do at the hospital for Patrick. Yeah. Without a whole lot of more disruption to our lives. Now, God would have been gracious... And he would have worked out something else, but, but we relied very heavily on my parents. The other thing, and this was the third that I wanted to really make sure we talked about was to remember the wisdom that they have. Mm -hmm. Did you hear? I don't remember. My dad was a public school principal and he said something like, I've had something like, 10,000 kids come through my school. It, it was something when you added up how many kids and over the years, mm-hmm. 30 years in education, it was something astounding. Mm-hmm. When someone has seen that many children and your kid's having a problem, they can pretty well look at what's going on and diagnose what the issue is. <laughs> that level of experience is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And especially when I'm struggling with, is this a heart issue? Is this a practical 
issue, a lot of times I'll take that to my parents and say, this is the behavior I'm seeing. What do you think? Of course, they're interacting with the kids throughout the day too. So we have the added benefit of them being able to see them play with their siblings out in the backyard when they don't even realize somebody's watching. Mm -hmm. But is this something that I need to be disciplining for? Or is this something that we need to figure out a better way to create an environment or a practical, you know, do we need a sticker chart? (laughs) Do we need to positive reinforce or negatively eliminate these things? And that wisdom is just wonderful. And... And I don't think, I know, I know that we do not value that kind of wisdom that comes with time because our general society takes people with gray hair when they become frail and they put them in separate nursing homes. And, and instead of bringing them to where they can be help and maybe physically they're not helping wash the dishes and doing the laundry or homeschooling the kids, but their knowledge and wisdom is something that we need to tap into. Yeah. And even if, even if there's not a lot of that, the relationship is important. Yes. Uh, for your children. Yes. I and, really respect, I really respect, um, I have an uncle, I have, I have a cousin who's the same age as our Jackson. Mm-hmm. So she's 12 and her mom, um, her, my uncle has just passed away, but her mom, uh, takes my cousin to see my grandma and her grandma who are in their 90s in the nursing home faithfully. She cultivates that relationship. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's a little harder because they may not be. But so far, uh, that's been a real... uh, Every time that Emma has gone to visit our grandmother, she's been lucid. She's been able to to interact Mm -hmm. with her. Mm -hmm. And I really respect that Mm -hmm. because it shows a deference for age Mm -hmm. that is really missing in our day and age. Yeah. I think it's also good to remember that um, you got to talk about these things with your kids and with your parents, the kids' grandparents. Yes. Uh, discuss discuss it. Just ask. Yes. Hey, what are you comfortable with us doing? Where do you want us to even be involved? Yes. Uh, it's great if you are the parents of the children and the grandparents in your life are around and you, you can say to them, uh, feel free, you know, if we're missing something to tell us or feel free to discipline them if we're not around, uh, be proactive in that. I'd like to, I'd like to finish with the story about our daughter-in-law, Hannah, who lives in between our house and my grand and my parents' house right now. And she has a little guy, a little Jed, and I'm pretty certain that Jed's consumption of sugar and chemicals is pretty low at home. Yeah. Uh, Occasional ice cream treat that she's made from, she's made herself, that Uh sort of thing. Uh And my dad loves his Diet Coke, which I don't think you could concoct a substance that would be worse for a small child's brain than Diet Coke. Yeah. But grandpa drinks it all the time and grandpa loves to share and he loves to have be with the little children. And so he will give now he has always asked permission, but he will give Jed sips of his Coke. And I know (laughs) that this is not something I don't think Rich and Hannah ever drink any kind of pop or soda and definitely not that. Diet Coke's not poison. 
Well, but it's close. Well, the yeah, actually, the sweeter it is, it will go through your brain. It's close. <laughs> yeah, it's close. It's a and, and we've drunk that too, so we're no, no judgment on that front. Yeah, I'm just but, thinking about where Rich and Hannah would be on. It. Yes, and I'm just you know here is this very very holistic family and this not so holistic great grandpa. And when I asked Hannah about it, because I've been encouraging my dad not to give Jen Diet Coke, Hannah said, well, I would rather Jed have a great relationship with his great grandpa. Mm -hmm. That's what's important to me. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's right, right there. That's the spirit. Um, Even when grandpa's doing something that's maybe not what we would do. What's important is that there is love, there is respect, and that there's a great relationship between those grandparents and those little ones. Hi, this is Eric from Highlands. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Kara and Steve Murphy as much as I have. The Murphys have long written for our magazine, Every Thought Captive, and I'm thrilled that we're getting to hear even more from them as they seek to apply scripture to their everyday lives. The Murphys are just a part of the community of believers that make up the teaching at Highlands. We are adding new voices all the time as we seek to learn from each other about what God would have us to be and how he would have us to live. You can find this podcast and all our other resources on our website at highlandsministriesonline.org. I value your feedback. You are who we are here for. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please don't hesitate to email me at info at highlandsministriesonline.org 